once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. The prodigal is welcomed home.
Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way of my ever-wandering heart? Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, in a day and gone tomorrow. Wave tossed in the ocean, the vapor.
If you're troubled, heavy hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. If you're run down, empty handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. He is hope for the hopeless. Rest for the weary, help for the hurting, yes, yes. Melt in the broken, bear in the burdens, all that you're needing, yeah. If you're wandering, in the darkness, come to Jesus and find your way. If you want freedom, need forgiveness, just come to Jesus and find his grace. He is hope for the hopeless, rest for the Counselor, Prince of Peace, Author and Maker of everything, Defender, Deliverer, King of Kings, He is, He is, Helper and Healer forevermore, Savior and Shelter through every storm, My Refuge, Redeemer, the Lord of Lords, He is, He is, Child of Heaven and Son of Man, Provider, protector, the great I am. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. He is, he is. Hope for the hopeless. Rest for the weary. Help for the hurting. He is, he is. Mound in the broken. Well, praise the Lord. If he's, if he's all that, you ought to give him a better clap offering than that. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's all that we need. Amen. He's my everything. How about you? Amen. Well, take about two minutes at the most. Go shake two or three people's hands. Tell them you're glad they're here this morning.
All around us there are troubles and there are trials round every turn and though that cold wind won't stop blowing there's a fire in my bones and it keeps me Stop singing. For every question, there's an answer. For every problem, there's a prayer. But greater is he that lives within me than all the trouble here in this Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you glad you're here this morning? We got, we got quite a few people out this morning. But you know something? The ones that God wanted to be here are here this morning. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, he wants everybody here. But, uh, you know, we all get a, get to take a vacation every once in a while. Amen. Praise God. We got a couple fishermen out today going to bring us back a whole lot of fish. I hope you're watching this morning. I'm putting you on the spot. Going to be having a fish fry. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, even if they had, they said when they left, they said, even we have to stop by H-E-B and buy fish. <laughs> Amen. You know, my wife and I used to be avid fishermen. We'd go fishing quite often. We didn't catch very much, but we'd go fishing. Amen. And, uh, of course, this is our testimony, not anybody else's, so I'm not trying to put conviction on anybody. But when we would take off and put God's word aside and put God's life aside, and we, we would do it more often. Because how many of you know if you miss church once, it's easier to miss twice? You miss church twice, it's easier to miss that third time. Amen. So uh, we got in a habit of missing <laughs> and going fishing. Well, when you do something that you know you shouldn't be doing, we didn't catch no fish. Now, if you're, if you're fishing and you're catching fish on Sundays, you're going every Sunday, more power to you. I would say that uh, the, the word and the fish you'll catch by coming to church will be a whole lot more important to you uh, than the fish you catch in the lake. Amen. I know. Let's move on. Hallelujah. I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole, but I did. Praise God. We want to welcome everyone to Hill Country Cowboy Church. We want to extend a special welcome to our first-time visitors. If this is your first time, 
Uh, if you would, please just hold your hand up and hold it up until you get one of these cards. These gentlemen are going to be passing out. Hallelujah. If you would, fill that card out uh, for us. Do not put it in the offering basket. But at the end of service, through these double doors and out in the fellowship hall is our welcome center. If you'll take that card to that young lady that's going to be standing there, Miss Lisa, uh, she will give you a gift from us. Amen? How many of you like gifts? How many of you know the greatest gift you got was your salvation? Hallelujah. Then everything after that is just a plus, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, as the men come back one more time, we do uh, practice the whole word of God here. And so we do teach tithing. So if you need a tithing offered envelope, if you would, raise your hand. And these young men will put one in it. Hallelujah. I'll put this one in yours. Glory to God. You can be turning in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Hallelujah. Men, come back one more time. We are a Bible-believing, miracle-believing, word-believing, faith-oriented church. Amen. So we believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. We believe in the power of Jesus Christ, and we believe in miracles. So if you need a miracle in your life, you'd like us to pray with you over anything in your life, if you'd raise your hand right now, these guys will give you a prayer request card. And I'm going to tell you in advance, I fully expect you uh, in the coming days, I don't know how long it's going to take your faith to work, but if we pray for you and you get your miracle, then you need to give up, get up and give testimony of it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Those, those, we had some new songs this morning. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verse number 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be overflow with new wine. Now the particulars of this scripture are you give and you'll be given unto, just like Luke 6:38. Amen. But the thing of it is, these are covenant words. This is a covenant promise from God that if we will do our part, he will do more than his part. If you get into Malachi 3.10, you'll see that. That he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. I have found that to be true in my life. Amen? Amen. So we want to be givers, right? Amen. Now we'll tell our visitors, uh, and, and a lot, I shock a lot of people with this. Do not pay your tithes here. That's not scriptural. The Bible says to pay your tithes where you get at your home church, where you get your regular daily bread. Amen. Now, if you want to give a, a special love offering, we'll be glad to accept that. But we want you to be scriptural. We go by the word of God here. Amen. Amen. So let's stand and give our uh, give our offering to the Lord. You have a, a monetary offering, just raise it up. If not, just raise a hand to heaven if you want to. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you with our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings, Lord. Father, we ask you to receive them and multiply them to the spreading of your gospel because souls is what we want to win, Father God. It's all about new people inhabiting the kingdom of heaven. 
So, Father God, we thank you that you multiplied the spreading of your gospel, multiplied it back into the households of the givers. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now, for, the, for the, quite a while, I guess it has been, the, the, uh, the announcements have been uh, up on the monitors, so I hope you saw them. I mean, you know, I did this test the first time we did. How many of you saw the announcements on the monitors? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to start bringing my belt. Were they not running today? Oh, during the meet and greet. Okay. Oh, whew, man, I thought I was in trouble. Anyway, uh, the only one, uh, ever, how many of you know what tomorrow is? There we go. How many of you know, how many of you ladies know what Thursday is? Okay, there you go. The only announcement I really want to make is I want to uh, give a shout out to all the people that worked in market days yesterday. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give yourself a clap offering. Many hands make a light load. Amen. I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I need some more of my monitors or something up here. If you can give it. If not, I'll be good with it like it is. <clears throat> but listen, we parked almost 400 cars yesterday. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, that's a ministry out there. You want to minister to folks, come to market days. Especially the guys on the back gate. Amen. Because we got those ones that they'll, I don't know how they do it. It's like they got radar. And they'll see one spot right out here somewhere. And we've already, we're already starting to fill up the main uh, field out there. And they'll run back there and say, uh, can I come in here? And then, of course, the guys will say, no, you got to go out to the entrance over there. You know, follow the protocol. And what happens is... Uh, a lot of times, uh, like these silver-haired ladies, it's usually not the men. They're usually obedient. But these silver-haired ladies, they'll, they'll threaten my guys on the back gate and say, don't make us get out of this car. So the guys will run up there and get me saying, hey, man, we need to park somebody in that thing before them ladies get out of that car. They don't really say that. I was just adding that part. Uh, but it is a ministry, praise God. So I really appreciate all of you coming out. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got anything, Miss Guillory? Hallelujah. Well, let's dismiss our kids for Children's Church. Ready to go, Sawyer? Go, buddy. Amen. He used to run in the back. I want him to run up front here so he'd motivate y'all. To get a little bit more excited about coming to church, praise God. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands out toward these young people. Father, we thank you for each and every one of them. Father, we thank you that they get to play back there and have a good time. But those teachers are anointed to teach those children the word of God. Because it's the word of God that will keep them in the coming days, Father God, and throughout their lives. If you tarry, Father, we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Glory to God. You can be uh, turning in your Bibles to John chapter number 15. 
That's John 15. We want to welcome everyone that's uh, by live stream this morning. We, we are so blessed to have y'all with us as well this morning. Praise God. You know, how many of you know it's the same spirit in the living room that is, it, it, that's in here when it's in the name of Jesus? See, we want to welcome all of our family members uh, that are joining us by live stream this morning. If you have your Bibles, get them out, dust them off, and turn to John chapter 15. Hallelujah. And I'll, I do this quite often. If you don't have a Bible, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but raise your hand and our ushers will get you one. Everybody got a Bible? Amen. There you go. Amen. And just, you, you're welcome to use that while you're here. And if you don't have one at home, you're welcome to keep it. Listen, we need to have the word. And you need to look at it for yourself. And I know people have phones and tablets and all that. But there's nothing that compares to a Bible that you can take markers and just mark it up. One guy said, man, I don't mark up in my Bible. What is that, OCD or something like that? I mean, really? I said, well, get you two Bibles. <laughs> mark up one and don't mark up the other one. That'll cover all your bases. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, you know, a few weeks back, we began teaching a series based on three words that I be believe are most relevant in these last days. Uh, and it's, they're relevant because it's where God wants us to go. Uh, or really, better yet, it's what God wants us to do. Uh, while we in the time that we have left on this planet, how many of you know our time is getting shorter by the day? Amen. He wants us to watch, He wants us to pray, and He wants us to abide. Uh, and if you missed any of the messages on watching and praying, I encourage you to listen to those podcasts. There was three or four podcasts covering watching and praying. I want to begin talking to you this morning about the word abide. I believe in the coming days, months, years, if the Lord tarries, that this word abide will be very significant to the lives of Christians. The word abide means to endure. The word abide means to stand. The word abide means to remain steadfast. There's nothing going to be more important in your life in these last days than staying steadfast in God's word. It means not going. It means you're not going to go. You're not going to bend. That you're not going to break, and you're not going to give up and quit. How many of you know that? How many quitters we got in here? Just check and see if anybody's not listening. And just raises their hand just forever. <laughs> I've done that before. Uh, <laughs> so I believe the Lord has given us this word abide to tell us that there are going to be opportunities where things that will come against us, not only individually, but uh, uh, corporately as a church, things are going to be coming against this church and the people in this church. You know why? Because we're doers of the word. Amen. And when you start doing God's word, see, devil don't mind if you hear God's word. He don't mind if you're in church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and you listen, and you listen to the word. He don't mind if you can... Uh, 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 re rehearse those words or what do they call it? They call it, um, oh my gosh, where you just say the scriptures out of your head. Quote, there you go. Quote, thank you, brother. 
He don't mind if you can do all that. Let's get a little air going in here, please. Uh, but the thing of it is, the devil don't want you doing the word. He don't want you living the word. Because if you'll live the word, you're going to give him a black eye. And he's no longer going to have a place in your life. Amen. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. So I believe the Lord has given us this word abide to tell us there are going to be opportunities where the devil is going to come against us as a church, trying to unnerve us, trying to weaken us, trying to get us to just throw in the towel and say, you know, something that ain't worth it. In other words, I believe the Lord is tipping us off that there's going to be more and more opportunities, especially in this coming year where we're going to have to put our total trust in Jesus Christ. This is mainly because this world is getting darker and darker and darker. How many of you know that? Well, how many of you know as this world gets darker and darker that the light in you and me, the light in this church, the light in the body of Christ should be getting brighter and brighter and brighter, that we should be moving forward in God and not just standing still. As this world does more and more to magnify the, uh, Satan in the kingdom of darkness, we are to do more and more to magnify God and the kingdom of light. As this world moves further and further away from God, that we're doing everything we can to move closer to God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So the word abide, particularly to the body of Christ here at HCCC, simply means to do what God has already told us to do. Amen. That we pay attention to how, uh, to our lives and how we're living. That we pay attention to what's going on around us. That we pay attention to the signs of the times that are clearly written in the Bible. You know, I keep telling you over and over and over again that the rapture of the church is imminent. And I mean, it is so close, my brother and sister. And I realize some may say that it's going to be another 20 or 30 years, but you know what I have to say to those folks? It's not going to happen that way. You're not paying attention. You're not being watchful to what's going on in this world. It's not going to last another 20 or 30 years. You want to know what your pastor's heart is? I believe he's coming this year. And I'm not prophesying that. At least somebody in here say when it don't happen, well, he was a false prophet. Amen. I'm not prophesying that. I'm just telling you from what I'm seeing going on in this world out there and what I know about the Bible that I've been studying since 1997, from what I see, the Lord is, could, could very well come this year. Amen. That's why he gave me the sermon last November, live ready. Don't try to get ready when you hear the trumpet because it's too late. Amen. You need to live ready. You need to be ready at all times. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, and I could be wrong, but the reason I say he could very well come is because of everything that we're seeing around the world today. I was just telling Miss Brenda just the other day that there are many countries moving towards making it mandatory. Listen to me now. Uh, to have a national biometric ID, an ID number. An ID number uh, attached to you 
that, uh, and this ID number, without this ID number, you won't be able to do any kind of business. You won't be able to access your bank account. You won't be able to buy or sell. You won't be able to log on to your computer or use your telephone. Oh, my gosh, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? <laughs> Amen. You won't be able to get health care insurance or medical assistance when you need it without this number. It's happening right now in many countries. That's not rolled out in the United States yet, but I can tell you what is rolling out right now, a digital currency, a one-world currency, and our government is pushing it. Amen. To where your money, your paper money, you'll not be able to use it anymore. And you'll have to open up a digital bank account. And that digital bank account will be able to be manipulated and taken over by them at the blink of an eye. Getting awful quiet in God's house. We need to be living ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I find that very interesting that that number's coming out because in Revelations chapter 13, verse 7, you don't have to turn there, but in Re Revelations chapter 13, verse 17, excuse me, uh, says, and no one may be able to sell, buy or sell, except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, watch this, or the number of his name, biometric national IDs numbers. And I'm not saying that what these other countries are doing is the marker or the number of the beast. What I'm attempting to show you in the scriptures is that the technology is already in place. We've been studying Matthew 24, right? Amen. It tells you everything that's going to happen. No man knows the day or the hour, Jesus said, but we can know the signs of the times. Amen. So that's what I'm trying to attempt to show you is that the technology is already in place for the Antichrist to do what the Bible says he will do in the last days. Are you listening to me? <clears throat> Did you know there are places around the world that people already have a chip in their hand? Amen. There's, there's cities in, right here in the United States that are already putting chips in people's hands where they can just... Uh, Swipe the vending machine and get and buy something. Amen. We're moving toward a cashless society, guys. Amen. These are just signs. I'm not trying to scare anybody, okay? Matter of fact, you shouldn't be scared if you're a born-again Christian. Amen. If you're sitting there and you're starting to think twice, you might ought to check yourself. Amen. And I know that's nobody in here. It's probably somebody watching by live stream. You know, a stranger, never been to Hill Country Cowboy Church. Uh, so they're watching this morning. They're probably sitting in their living room saying, oh, my gosh, all that's happening? I might want to get born again. Amen. Hey, that's where I was a few, uh, well, quite a few years back. But I was going to say a few years, and I really got a rebuke from my wife saying, baby, you have no idea what any kind of time. Hallelujah. And listen, I'm not saying the mark of the beast, that the, this, this chip in their hand is the mark of the beast. Amen. Because really, that mark don't come until the second three and a half years of Revelation. First, first three and a half years are peace and safety. Amen. So that's still got to come. Somebody's got to rise up that shuts all this down. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. 
But somebody's got to rise up and shut all this down where we think, oh, man, everything's good again. Let me tell you, there's no Savior here on earth. He's coming. He's in heaven. He's the only name, amen? So that I don't care who's in the White House, who's in the Congress. Don't expect man to save you because it ain't going to happen. Amen. But there are places around the world that are taking the chip. And, every, and, and here's the saddest thing about it, especially the young, younger generation, which y'all are. It's only a few of us old folks in here. Here's the thing. The younger generation thinks it's cool. They're running to get it done. Oh, yeah, give, give me the chip, man. All my information's on there. Hmm. The Bible says there will also be wars and rumors of wars. And right now, the nation of Israel is a boiling pot. How many of you know Israel? Do we need to be watching Israel? You want to know what's going on in the spirit realm? You watch Israel. Israel had, that nation has more enemies than any other country. Everybody hates them. Or all the un, ungodly people hate him. I'll put, I hate Israel, I'll tell you that. Amen. <clears throat> and right now there are wars and rumors of wars and it's going to appear. And we're seeing a lot of this talk right now in mainstream media that World War III could happen any moment. Anybody seen anything like that? that we're on the verge of nuclear war? Yeah, well, somebody's going to rise up and have to uh, change that because the Bible says that the deceiver will come on the uh, scene and he will make a seven-year peace accord with, between Israel and all of these other nations. Amen. Which, of course, we know that he breaks that peace in the second three and a half years when he uh, comes out and says, I am God. But by that time, guess what? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're gone. Amen. We're raptured in the first of tribulation. Amen. Amen. If you believe or not, that's okay. We just have a different, uh, different belief system. I hope I'm right. Amen. I'm ready to get on out of here. Not rushing it, but I'm ready. So the, thing, uh, the, so the thing that's holding up all these other events from happening is the rapture of the church, and I want you to see that. And once that takes place, everything else will follow uh, according to the Bible. And listen, again, I'm not trying to scare you because if you made Jesus your Lord, there's no need to be afraid. Amen. Amen. If Jesus is your Lord, then you should be looking forward to the rapture. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 21, 28? And don't turn there either. Just write it down. He said, when you see all these things happening, look up for your redemption draws near. Amen. I've been looking up for a while. I watched the eastern sky. I got my ears tuned to the trumpet sound because I know he's coming soon. Hallelujah. You know, most people are... Uh, open if you go to them and tell them the truth because that's what it's all about i tell our congregation on a regular basis and because our new uh, newfound friends are here you're part of our congregation that this gospel isn't just for you this gospel is for you to go out and give it to somebody else 
Once you're saved, you need to get off your behind, get off of the pew, and get out and do something for God. Amen. I said amen. There we go. Now we're getting some response. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Most people are open. Most people see what's going on. Most people are aware that something's different right now. That there's, there's just something going on in our world that ne we've never seen before. Yeah, we've seen wars. We've seen earthquakes. But right now, we're seeing a darkness cover this planet that nobody has ever seen before. I never would have thought we would see the things openly, uh, do, uh, so open as we're seeing them right now. Amen. Everywhere you turn is darkness. But you know something? I'm a light in this world. And I'm going to shout until he takes me home. Amen. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to break down. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep preaching the word of God. Can I get an amen to that? I am saying that all the signs that are listed in Matthew 24 are here right now. And his coming could take place at any moment. And really, my brothers and sisters, you ought to be excited. We need to be excited. We need to get excited about the word. We need to tell our families. You know, don't go to them, beat them over the head with the word of God. Don't use the butt end of the sword. Use the cutting edge. Amen? But you need to tell your families that aren't saved that Jesus is coming. And you need to live right. Well, what does it mean to live right? Read the Bible. Or you need to tell them. This, this, I'm going to treat this like a Wednesday night. Who can tell me where some scriptures are that tell you how to live? You got your list. Amen. Amen. How about Ephesians? How about Romans? How about the other 14 letters that Paul wrote to the church? Open your Bible up. You want to know how you should be living? Open your Bible. You don't want you want to know what will get you into heaven and what will keep you out of heaven? Open your Bible. Well, grace covers everything. No, grace don't. Grace does not cover willing rebellion. Amen. You can't find it in there. Grace covers me when I do what God said. Amen. I can choose to take myself out from under grace. Because if you bond the church very, very long, you know grace is just a period of time. Grace is not an overcoat that you can put on and you can keep sinning like you want to. Amen. Now, that's for somebody. Amen. If nobody else, it's for me. Praise God. But you cannot keep living like you're living. And then expect God without you ever repenting. Never, you never ask God to forgive you. And you just keep living like you're living. And then coming to church on Sunday and thinking that's okay. If you never even say, Father God, forgive me. Amen. All right, I'm going to move on. Somebody's going to get me to preaching. Listen, we should be excited about telling other people. No Christian who is born again should be thinking doom and gloom. No Christian who is born again should be just sitting there thinking, well, pastor says Jesus is coming soon, so I'll just sit here and wait on him. No, Jesus said go. Get up off your rear end and go. 
Amen. We ought to be engaged. I said we ought to be engaged. We're supposed to occupy till he comes, not hide till he comes. We're supposed to abide until he comes. Amen. We're supposed to actively pursue God, not just for ourselves, but to pursue God's ministry and do what he's called us to do. How many of you know that everybody in this room and everybody watching by live stream this morning is called to preach the gospel? Yeah. Amen. Read your Bible. Mark 16 tells you that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Who is he talking to? The disciples. Who's in, who in here is a disciple? Amen. We all are. Hallelujah. If you're a follower of Christ, you're a disciple of Christ. So you need to be doing something for him. Amen. So I believe this word abide is very relevant. And I'm going to get to my scripture in a minute. Hallelujah. It's very relevant in this final hour. And I'm going to prove it to you, that to you right now. Look at this in John chapter number 15. Hallelujah. John chapter 15, verse number 1. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, not every branch that visits me, every branch that's in me that does not bear fruit, look at this, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he, talking about God, will prune you, amen, that's getting all that sin off of you so you can be more like him. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear what? More fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Look at this. Abide in me. That means to remain in him. That means to stand in him. That means to endure. To endure through him. It means being faithful to the things of God as God has been faithful to you and me. My brothers and sisters, the only thing that has really gotten me through all these years, and I know my wife has been through this with me, but the thing is that has got uh, all, uh, us through all these years is abiding in Jesus Christ. Amen. In other words, I'm not preaching to you something uh, that I'm not living, that I abide in him, that I trust in him 24-7. That without Jesus in my life, I could not stand, I could not endure, and I could not move forward. But with him, I can, praise God. And what I'm trying to teach you is that you can do the same thing as I've done. Amen. And many of you are. And I want to encourage you to just keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. He said, if you abide in me. You have to make a decision, brothers and sisters. You have to make that decision for yourself. I cannot make the decision for my wife to abide in Jesus. And she can't make it for me. You can't make it for your family members. You make it for yourself. Every person has to make that decision for themselves. That no matter what comes, you're going to stand, you're going to endure, and you're going to remain in the Lord Jesus Christ. That no matter what comes... You won't lean on your own understanding, but you'll trust, put all your trust in the Lord. Look at this at verse 4 again. He says, abide in me, and I in you. 
How many, how many of you would agree right now that that's a choice? If he says abide in me, that's not, man, that's not automatic. Amen. So I have to make a choice to abide in him. Amen. And I have to make a choice also to let him abide in me. Amen. I can, it's easy for me to say, yeah, I'm abiding in Jesus. But when you look at the fruit, because he talks about fruit here. But when you look at the fruit of my life, could you say that Jesus is abiding in Pastor John? Amen. That's the most important thing, that he's abiding in you. Amen. We have to abide in Jesus. We have to allow Jesus to abide in us. How many of you know Jesus is the living word? Amen. Many of you know where I'm going now. So abiding in Jesus means what? <laughs> there you go, sister. Come on with it. It means abiding in God's word. It means uh, I'm living in God's word, and God's word is living in me. It means uh, with God's word, I can do all things, and without God's word, I'm just sitting back hoping and wishing things will get better. It means that God's word can become such a part of me that I can't see me in my life. I cannot see me without him. And that's where I'm at. I can't see me without him. Amen. Many in here or a couple in here know the old me. Amen. Hallelujah. That woman had to put up with him. <laughs> but right now, I can't live without him. Hallelujah. That his word is what gives me my peace. That his word is what gives me my strength. That his word is what gives me my joy. That it's God's word rooted and grounded in my heart that will keep me and bring me through even in these last days. Listen, you've got to get God's word rooted and grounded in your heart. Why? Because his word in your head, listen to me, because his word in your head is going to do you absolutely no good. You can think God's word all day long. Amen. It's not going to do you any good. It's not until it gets down in your heart that it starts manifesting in your life. That you start doing the word out of your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So please, as your pastor, I'm asking you to make a decision this morning to do whatever it takes to get God's word down in your heart. Can I get an amen? Jesus says here in verse number four, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, look at this, unless you abide in me. So you can't do nothing without him. You can't do nothing without his word. I don't know why I spent years thinking I could do something without him. Just blind, just blind, just ignorant. Amen. Thank God I got over that. Hallelujah. <laughs> My wife says, yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. See, we can't do nothing without him. Look at verse number six. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, Oh, my gosh. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them up and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. 
we need to produce fruit. I said, we need to produce fruit. Amen. How many of you know if you, if, if, any of you in here ever trim, trim trees? <laughs> what happens to the, the tree limb when you cut it loose from the body of the tree? It dies. That's what I tell people, and I don't use that analogy as much as I'm going to in the future. That's what I tell people who miss church. When you cut yourself off from the Word of God, and you stay out there in the world, and you think everything's going good, a little, uh, the devil is so deceiving. Amen. You, th you think you can just keep running on and running on without coming to church, without reading your Bible, without having fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can't. I couldn't, as a pastor, cut myself off from the Word. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to wither. Did Jesus say it or not? How many of you know everything Jesus said will come to pass? Amen. I don't, it ain't your pastor saying it. It's Jesus saying, if you'll cut, you cut yourself off from the word, you're going to wither and die. Not physically, necessarily, but spiritually. Amen. I know. I'm on your street preaching now. Praise God. He just turned down our world road, Ethel. <laughs> Shut the blinds. Turn the lights out before he comes up on our porch. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, let me get back on my message. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice what it says in verse 7 again. It says, if you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Notice the promises that Jesus makes, and this is to all Christians. But it's only to those ones who abide and live and remain in him. But they also allow God's word to abide, live, and remain in them. In other words, these are those Christians, and most of them are sitting in here this morning or watching by live stream. These are those Christians who don't stop at just getting saved. These are those Christians who aren't satisfied with just going to heaven. These are those Christians who are hungering and thirsting for more of God. These are those Christians who feed on God's word daily. Those that uh, those that think the Word of God isn't just a Sunday brunch or a Sunday snack, but it's their daily bread. Those Christians that meditate on God's Word by day and by night. Those Christians who do whatever it takes to get God's Word from this up here to this down here, to get God's from Word from their head down into their heart. These are those Christians that get a revelation of the promises that Jesus makes in verse number seven, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then and only then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. My brothers and sisters, there are great benefits that come to those who put, their, put forth the effort to get God's word down in their heart. There are great benefits that come to those who grow their faith. But at the same time, these scriptures are crystal clear that those benefits do not happen for passive Christians. 
And we need to get a hold of that. We need to tell people out there why they don't get their prayers answered. He says right here, my words have to abide in you. He says you have to abide in me, then you can ask. So many Christians spend all their time asking but never abiding. And then they wonder and make excuses why God don't answer their prayers. We're not going to be a church like that. I said we're not going to be a church like that. We're going to ask God for stuff and he's going to deliver. Amen. Because we're going to abide in his word. Hallelujah. These benefits don't come to Christians who only fellowship with God when they come to church on Sundays or who come on Sundays and maybe an occasional Wednesday night service, but then the rest of the week they won't spend time studying the Word of God at home. They, won't be med they don't meditate on God's Word. They don't speak or pray God's Word out loud. In other words, God and His Word doesn't have first place in their life. As a matter of fact, except for attending church maybe on Sunday, they don't even give much time to God's Word at all. You can hear, hear a pin drop in here. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm not criticizing anyone. I am telling you, if you want to get your prayers answered, you have to live in the Lord and not just visit him. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. I would never want to hurt anybody's feelings. But your pastor will always tell you the truth. The Bible says, uh, tell them the truth in love. And I love every one of you. I want you to grow in the Lord. I don't care about filling seats. Amen. I want the people that's already sitting in the seats growing up in Christ. Giving testimony about how good he is in their life. Amen. I've, I've spent over 25 years now, and, and, and again, I'm not being critical, but listening to people, and they'll come to, they'll come to me and they'll say, well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening in my life? I'm praying. I'm, I, 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 I'm thinking about the word, and I say, well, really? Uh, what word are you thinking about? Well, you know, that one you preached that time. That don't get it. you got to know what you're believing for. Amen. You've got to be able to tell God. See, he wants to hear his word come out of your mouth. He does not say that I hasten to perform Joe's word. He said, I hasten to perform my word that comes out of Joe's mouth. Amen. Sorry, Joe, you just the first guy I looked at. <laughs> See, Jason was wise. He got off the front row. <laughs> Glory to God. I get the front rowers. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to feed on the word daily. You have to do whatever it takes to get God's word from your head to your heart. Amen. These are those guys that get the revelation of, Rev of, of uh, verse 7, uh, where if they abide in God, then God will answer their prayers. It says, you will ask what you desire. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about money, guys. I'm talking about peace in your home. I'm talking about a great marriage and not just a mediocre marriage. Amen. I'm talking about peace, joy, love. I mean, money is the smallest thing in God's blessings. I mean, think about it. The streets in heaven are made of gold. 
Money never crosses his mind. You know why? Because he said, if you'll just do my word, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So why would he want to hear, well, Lord, just bless me with a million dollars. Well, hey, stupid, you, you, can't, you can't believe for $10, much less a million. That ain't God talking, that's me. All right, I'm going to move on. Are you getting anything out of this? Are we growing up any this morning? Oh, you got your big boy britches on? Amen. I love you. How many of you still love me? Well, not, not quite as many hands, but there's a few. <laughs> Somebody type in on the Internet. I love you, Pastor. Keep preaching. Hallelujah. There are great benefits that come when we put forth the effort to get God's word in our heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, let me move over here. Praise the Lord. Here's what happens. We get too busy. We get too busy. People get too busy to read. People get too busy to pray. Listen, we need to change our priority list. We need to put God first every day, every morning. Amen. And if you listen to these, these last few messages, it ain't getting up and getting down on your knees. Don't do that, old guys, because then your wife's got to help you get up. <clears throat> it's just getting up every morning saying, good morning, Lord. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you that you give me another opportunity today to serve you and to love on you. Father God, you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Don't you know God loves to hear that kind of stuff? It's called fellowship, guys. Amen. The, one of the, th the, the, the point I'm really wanting to stress this morning, and I'm going to do my best, get back on my message. That was all the Holy Ghost ministering to y'all. I hope y'all received it. We must have God's word firmly rooted in our hearts. So when we do confess God's word, and when we're believing for one of God's promises that the word just isn't in our head, we don't look up the scripture the day we need it. But it's already down in our heart to where the Holy Ghost just brings it to our remembrance. And then we, then we can just automatically pray it out. Amen. And it takes time, guys, to build that kind of heart faith. It's called heart failure. Everybody say heart faith. Amen. We're going to be studying a whole lot more about that. Amen. In the coming days, if the Lord tarries, he can come before I end this sermon. Is everybody ready? All right. Anybody in here just now getting ready? It takes time to build strong faith. But I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to say. It's not the scriptures that we know and confess that builds our faith. We'll say that again. It is not the scriptures that we know and confess that builds our faith. It is the scriptures that we confess and believe in our heart that builds faith. Faith is of the heart. Amen? Amen. You see, we can speak scriptures that we know and get, still get no results. I know I've done that. Because uh, the results come from the scriptures we believe. 
Now get a hold of this. Results do not come from scriptures that you know. Results come from scriptures that you believe. Amen. They come from scriptures that, that are already rooted in our heart. They come from scriptures that we feed on daily. They come from scriptures that we're familiar with, that we fellowship with. So, so when we put all that down in there, then what happens is the scriptures uh, that you fellowship with and you visit on a daily basis, you're always confessing those scriptures. What happens when, when you hear it over and over and over again? That's why I stress to pray the scriptures out loud. Not for, not for your wife's benefits that you know the word, not for your husband's benefit, so that you'll hear you say it. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God that you speak, not what your pastor speaks. This morning, I'm building my faith. Amen. Get a hold of that. Amen. That's why I encourage all of y'all to start preaching at home. Preach to yourself in the mirror if you need to. Let the word just start flowing out of you. If you don't know it, read it until you do know it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to get answered prayers, I can't say this enough. You have to get God's word down in your heart. You have to feed on it. You have to meditate on it. You have to talk to God about the word. Well, how long do I do that, Pastor? Everybody wants, everybody wants to do something that's easy. Well, let me tell you something. Building faith takes W-O-R-K. It takes diligence. It takes all those things that Jesus told us to do. And we do them over and over and over again. And let me just give you, a, let me give you an escape. If you don't want to, guess what? You're still going to heaven. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But don't ask him for nothing. Just go through life just like you are. Amen. Just keep coming to church. Listening to great sermons. And then walking out of the church and not doing anything with it. It's okay. When the trumpet sounds, you'll meet us in the air. How long, Pastor? Until the word gets deeply rooted. Until it's so rooted that when you speak it, bam, it comes to pass. Amen. And that takes time. How much time is up to you? How much time do you give to the word? How much time do you give to reading your Bible? How much time do you give meditating on the word while you're driving in the car when you got the country and western music on, you still should be listening to the word. Or you got rock and roll music on, you should be listening to the word. Or you got Tejano music on, you should be listening to the word. Amen. What other kind of music is there? If you got gospel music going, just keep listening. Amen. Let me tell you something. Country and western music never did a thing for me. Well, I guess it did. While I was listening to it and in that mood and in that frame of mind, it took away my wife, my kids, made me a drunk, made me lose a few jobs. Then I heard somebody say, if you play it backwards, everything you lost when you was playing it forwards, you can get it back. Amen. 
I didn't believe that, so I just turned it off. I get one of my favorite songs was, I'm looking through rose-colored glasses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if anybody loves that song, please don't, get, don't send me no ugly emails. Amen. Amen. Just quit listening to it. Hallelujah. The Word of God will do you a whole lot more good. Amen. I mean, how many of you know there's such thing as country gospel? We don't hear much of it here because I'm, I'm having a tough time getting our band to break it in. But uh, that's okay. They've already, hey, they did. They have blessed me now. I'll Fly Away came out of their mouths here a while back. Woo! I loved it. That's a hint. I want to hear it again. Amen. Hey, that could be a very apropos song right now. You never know, we might be singing and we just all just start flying up to heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Are y'all having as much fun as I am? Yeah. Amen. All right. The Amplified Bible in verse 7. Let me move on. And I want you to look at the uh, screen and pay close attention to what Jesus says here. He says, if you live in me. Notice Jesus did, Jesus did not say, just visit him on Christmas and Easter. He did not say, just visit him on Sundays if there's no ball game to attend to or watch on television. He did not say, just visit him when you're sick or just visit him when you have a bill to pay. No, Jesus said, if you live in me, if you live in me, and in all honesty, guys, and again, this isn't a criticism. Most Christians don't live in God. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, if you live in me and if you abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live where? In your hearts. Then he says, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. I was talking to a brother here the other day. That one little word, if, I-F, is the most unpopular word in the Bible. You know why? Because it has a condition tied to it. Everybody just wants the blessings of God just because they got saved and they're good looking and they sit on the front row that, you know, that they want the blessing of God just to fall off on them like ripe cherries off of a cherry tree. Amen. They expect God to bless them. But God never said, I'll just bless you. Matter of fact, in Ephesians 1, 3, he says, I've already given you every blessing. So if he's given them all to us, then why ain't we all living them? If, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, if. Now, let me share something with you. Let me give you some revelation knowledge. If you didn't put gas in your car, guess what? It's going to run out of gas. If you don't pay your light bill, guess what? They're going to turn your lights off. So you don't fuss every day about, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I just want my electric bill paid. I just want my car to run forever. No, if. 
That means you have to do something. Well, how many of you know God's covenant's the same way? He said, yeah, I've blessed you if you abide in me and my words abide in you. We live in a society that people want something for nothing. And we're raising up our kids in the society where the kids are wanting something for nothing. If you're not telling your kids there's a condition, I told my kids when they was growing up, well, I want this, well, I want that. Well, if you do your chores, then you'll have them. Amen. I don't, I don't see anything about getting, that we shouldn't get back to that. Amen. Not that they have to buy your love. My kids used to tell me that. My son did. I got to buy my dad's love. I got to do something for him. I said, no, you got to do something in order for me to bless you. Amen. In other words, you need to be, I was teaching him to be a blessing. Well, you know what my son says now? Dad, I'm glad you taught me what you did. Amen. I'm glad you didn't just give me everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, bless you. He says, if you live in me, if you abide vitally united to me, the question we all have to ask ourselves is, am I living in him? Am I vitally united with God? Is his words remaining and continually living in my heart? If the answer to those questions is no, then how can we expect God to fulfill his part of the covenant if we haven't fulfilled our part? How can you expect God to do anything if you're not doing anything? And I can tell you this, Luke 6, 38 says, by what manner or what, what level you give to God of yourself is what you'll receive. Amen. And again, guys, don't let the devil say, that, well, he's saying you ain't going to heaven. No, listen, read my lips. You're going to heaven. But if you want anything else while you're here on this planet, you have to do something because God's already done his part. He sent his son and restored everything that he had given Adam in the, in the, in the book of Genesis, everything. How many of you know Adam was the smartest human being on this planet? How do I know that? He named all the animals. Everybody say all. I had a brother come to me one time. He was one of these guys that uh, loves dinosaurs and stuff. And he came to me and said, well, you know, Pastor, you know, dinosaurs roamed the earth 10,000 years before God uh, made man. I said, really? Well, then can you answer me how they got their name? Huh? How could they be here 10,000 years before man if man named them? If they didn't even know what a dinosaur was until Adam named them. Yeah, Adam walked with the dinosaurs. Amen. Early man walked with dinosaurs. But they couldn't have existed before man because man gave them their name. All you evolutionists in here, get saved. And you won't be an evolutionist anymore. <laughs> the only big bang there ever was was when God said, let there be. 
Hallelujah. That's the only big bang we, all, we ever heard. Amen? Glory to God. That was for somebody. Praise the Lord. I love it when the Holy Ghost takes over. Everybody like him up on your porch? It says, if you live in me and my words live in you, those are conditions that God has put on every promise and every blessing. And if, uh, if you're hearing my message, if you're hearing this message, not listening to it, but hearing it, if you're hearing it in your heart, amen, you need to get a revelation of what it means. You need a revelation of what it means to abide in God's word and God's word abide in you. Amen? My brothers and sisters, I've been teaching the same message for years. And I'll teach it for years to come if the Lord tarries. You have to get the God's word in your heart. You see, the word cannot come alive. Listen to me. It cannot come alive in your heart or in your life until it comes alive in your heart. What does the Bible say? Out of the heart comes the issues of life. Out of the heart comes the words of life. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the, the heart, and we're not talking about this human organ. We're talking about your spirit man. Amen? So when I talk about heart, I'm not talking about just your physical organ. I'm talking about get the word down in your spirit man. Amen? Hallelujah. It becomes life to you. It creates in you a new belief system where you know because you're abiding in God's word and God's word is abiding in you that you can ask anything that you, uh, that's according to his will. Let me add that. And it will be done for you. That this new belief system based on living uh, in God's word will give you the assurance that ever, whatever trial or whatever storm you may be facing, that God's word will get you to the other side. Amen. Real quickly, turn over to Luke chapter 6, and y'all really going to have to speed up your listening process. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6. And see, brothers and sisters, you need to understand uh, it's only the word living in you that will make a difference in your life. So don't be a settler. I said, don't be a settler. Don't settle for just getting saved. Don't settle for just reading God's uh, word every once in a while. Don't settle for just thinking your spiritual life is only uh, when you come to church. Don't think, don't settle for just being a passive Christian. Passive Christians still have their ticket to heaven, <clears throat> but they miss out on so many of God's promises while they're still here on earth. So I encourage every one of you who's listening to me this morning to pray that God gives you a new hunger for his word. Pray God gives you a fresh revelation of his word. Pray that God meets you right where you are and takes you where he wants you to be. Amen. He'll meet you right where you're at. Look at this in Luke chapter uh, 6. <clears throat> and this again is Jesus speaking. And I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to have to get a drink of water. Hallelujah. This is Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 6, verse number 47. It says, whoever comes to me. How many of you know you got to go to Jesus? Amen. He's not coming to you. 
you got to go to him. When I got saved, guess what? He didn't reach down to get me until I reached up to get him. Amen. That's just the way it is. He said, He's, who, he, whoever comes to me, that could be male or female, and hears my sayings, and then goes home and does nothing. No, wait. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, and what? Does them. The word does or the word doeth in the King, in the King James Version uh, in the Greek, that means that's the same word that's used for the word abide. So Jesus said, whoever hears my sayings and does them, who abides in them, who stands in them, who remains in them, whoever hears my sayings and lets my word be the way they live their life, whoever hears my sayings and stops arguing with my word, so many Christians want to argue whether God's word is right. They want to interpret it. Take that word out of your vocabulary when it comes to the word of God. The word of God is not to be interpreted. It is supposed to be read, studied, and obeyed. Read, studied, and obeyed. But many people want to uh, argue with God's word. So he says, stop arguing with my words. Stop changing the word to fit your lifestyle. Instead, let my word uh, change your lifestyle to fit my word. Amen. Jesus said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Verse number 48. He said, he is like a man building a house. That could be your family. That could be your ministry. That could be your business. That could be your life. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. How many of you know the rock is the word? And laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock. Notice that Jesus did not say that storms would not come. He didn't say the storms of life wouldn't come against you and just beat you down at times. How many of you here have ever been beaten down spiritually? Amen. If you've been a Christian very long, you've been beaten down. Because he'll come against you, especially right after you get born again. Because he don't want you in a place like this. He don't want you hearing the word. He don't want you doing the word. Amen. So he'll come to beat you down. He said, but when the storms do come, that if you have taken the time and you have dug deep and you have built the foundation of your entire life on the word of God, Jesus says the storms of life will not, will not, will not, will not shake you. Amen. I don't know about you, my brother and sister, but I'm digging deep. I've been digging a hole for 25 years now. And it seems like sometimes I've just barely scratched the surface. I'm digging deep. Why? Look at verse 49. I do not want to be like this person. But he who heard and did nothing. This is where many Christians are today. And again, that's not a criticism. But like I say, I've counseled people for years wanting help, and I keep giving them the same answer every time. Do the word that you're hearing. Don't be a hearer only, but do the word. 
Amen. There's no other answer. I have no other answer for you. Come back to me two, three, four times, five times, however long it takes. First thing I'm going to ask you, did you do what I told you the last time? Just like Jonah. He had to go into the belly of a whale. You know what he did when he came out? God, forgive me. What do you want me to do? What God tell him? Go do what I told you the last time before you went fishing. Amen. Go preach to Nineveh. Well, there ain't nothing but a bunch of heathens down there that hate you. They'll keep hating me until the word gets to them. Amen. So we have to be a doer of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm preaching me happy. I have no other answer, guys. That will always be my answer to you. Do the word. Do the word. Now, and we're just about done, so Jake, you can make your way up here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Y'all been good listeners. But I want you to uh, notice this, in this account that both people heard the same word. It was the same message. Just just like everybody in this room right now is hearing the same message. But I can guarantee you that not every one of you who walk out them doors this morning is going to do the same thing. How many of you know that? Some of you are going to do it and some of you ain't. That's just the way it is. I know that. I'm not being critical, but that's just the way it is. Amen? Now, when you start getting a revelation, then you'll start doing it. But both people heard the same message, the same word. And one person did something with what they heard, and then the other person did not. One person's house withstood the pressures of the storm because they took the time and put forth the effort. I told you it's W-O-R-K. They, uh, they put forth the effort to get God's word from their head down into the spirit man or down into their heart. And then out of their heart, listen to me, they lived the word. That's being a doer. When you start living it in your life. They talked the word until the word produced faith. And that faith produced God's promises. The other person's house fell. It fell under the pressures of the storm. Why? Because they did nothing. They did nothing to get God's word from their head down into their spirit, man. Therefore, when they needed their faith the most, they had none. Amen. They had no faith to receive God's uh, promises. Same message. Same storms of life that we all are going to go through. The Bible says that we'll go through nothing that somebody ain't gone through before. So it's the same message, same storms of life, but totally different responses. Therefore, it was totally different results. In closing this morning's teaching, let me ask you. Search your heart. <clears throat> Which one of these Christians do you desire to be? They were both saved. Both of them had their boarding passes to heaven's train or heaven's airplane. Let's put it that way, the rapture. But while they were waiting here for their departure, one Christian's life is a constant struggle 
because they heard the message, but they didn't do anything with the message. And the other Christian's uh, life may have started out with a struggle, but then they heard the message. And they put the message down in their heart. And then they began to live the message. They began to live what they heard instead of just hearing it. Two totally opposite ways of living a Christian life. And each must choose. Each of us must choose. You've got to choose this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity just here in a minute to choose which way you want to go. Amen. Two totally opposite ways of living a Christian life. And each one of us have to choose what we want to live. But I can tell you this. This boy, this cowboy is going to choose to be a doer of God's word. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Has anybody noticed an increase in God's challenges? I have. He's challenging me. But you know what he's saying? Son, come up higher. Come up higher than you are. If you're in this building this morning, or you're watching my live stream right now, or even if later on, like my mother does, she'll watch the podcast later on. If she don't like Facebook, I don't blame her. I'm not on there either. Amen. But if you're sitting under the sound of my voice right now, and you can say in your heart, you know something, Lord? I've heard something this morning that I never realized that I need to give myself more to you, that I need to abide in you more, and I need to let your word abide in me. If that's you this morning, and you want to come up higher, with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. Hands all over this building. I know probably hands all over the uh, raising in the living rooms of people's homes. Amen. God wants us up there with him but we can have heaven on earth right now if we desire to have that. Did he not say that if you'll abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, ask what you desire? Amen. Hallelujah. With every head raised and every eye open, I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I've heard your word. Right now, I'm putting that word in my heart. It's getting down in my spirit. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I will live your word. In the name of Jesus, I will come up higher. I want to be with you, Father. Not only in heaven, but I want to be more in you and with you right now on earth I need your help to do that Father create in me a new heart a heart that's hunger and thirsting after you a heart that wants your word every day every minute of every day help me to talk about your word help me to be your word in Jesus name 
Amen. Now, if you're at home or in this building this morning and you've never received Christ, that's the first word you need to receive right now. Amen. So we always give everyone an opportunity, and we always pray this prayer together, but we give everyone an opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. So I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died and rose again so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out and I'll forever follow you. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you in advance, you don't want to miss next week. The Holy Spirit isn't through this abiding message. We're going to talk about just specifically next week, abiding in God's word. So you don't want to be that. You want to know how to abide in God's word. Amen? Amen. All right, last thing we always say is, Father God, you're a miracle-working God. And I'm next in line for my miracle. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Hallelujah.